This podcast is brought to you via my favourite platform, Skype. He's the man who put Clanfer PG on the map for Wales. He's flirted with the wrestler Adrian Street, and he'll make a song about anything. From Wirral, Merseyside, UK, meet and greet Don Woods. So, a very good day. Welcome, everybody. It's the 12th of September, and today we've got the first signs of a bit of autumn. It's actually fresher. I'm not saying it's fresh, but it's fresher. We've had a bit of rain during the night, which is very unusual. We don't get much rain here at all. Um, It's grey this morning, so I'm tempted to say overcast, but it's not really, you know, you expect it to burn off. We'll have to wait and see what happens there. So I'll get into the... um, the plane. Uh, fictionally, we go across Spain, uh, across the waters, over Wales, over to uh, Liverpool's John Lennon Airport. Hopefully, Don will be there. So, first and foremost, Don, what is your weather like this morning? And, um, you know, give us a general feel of how the country is after the very sad departure of the Queen. Yeah, it's uh, it's autumn. That's how I would describe today. You know, it's nice. It's we haven't had very hot weather for ages now. It's uh, it's just nice. You know, it's been a nice end to the summer. And uh, like I say, the sad, the sad news about the Queen. It's it's non-stop on the on the television news both sides. It's all the time. You know, programs have been altered, and it's just all day, um, which which is great. You know, but. You know, the show in the same bits all the time. You know, you put the telly on and it's and they're interviewing people in the street. It must be made up the BBC because you haven't got to think about anything, you know. But it's very, very sad. I felt very touched when she died. I mean, she was a great woman. And you realise when, when they go back through her life how great she was, you know, considering what she's had to put up with of late as well. And I just think she was fantastic. One of the greatest women ever to live, in my opinion. And um, it shows, you know, the the, the grief and everything. And because and everybody comes out of, of, of the woodwork, as always, when uh, you get someone like the Queen. But I don't think there's been anybody like her. You know, she was she was right up to the end. She was fantastic, you know. And um, I remember... The camp, the um, the coronation. I, I remember the original coronation. In fact, I remember King George the the sixth. I remember, and we used to sing "God Save the King" at the pictures, you know, and uh, in school, "God Save the King." And, and I, my middle name's George, because my mother was a royalist, and she named me Donald George Woods after George the sixth. And I remember the uh, the conversation well. Actually, I was about, um, would be about seven, I suppose, uh, or thereabouts. And I remember being in school and we watched it on the television. We had one television in the road and uh, we all went to have a look at it on the television in black and white for coronation. And um, when I, I always remember this. When I went to, into school a couple of weeks later, it came out in colour on the pictures and uh, the teacher uh, in the class said, right, if you all bring your sixpences in, mm-hmm. two and a half P in modern money, to bring your sixpences in, and we're going to the pictures to see the coronation. And I'll, I'll never forget this. And we all they said, right, everybody, get your coats out, right, let's go. And out we go. And there's one lad sitting there on his own. And he said, Alan Berry, his name was. And the teacher says, come on, Berry. He said, uh, I won't be able to, sir, because my mum can't afford the sixpence. That just shows you, you know, mm. how, how two and a half B. And the teacher said, oh, come on, I'll pay for you. And I thought, you know, I always remember that. I thought, God, blimey. And um, what times were like then. But I remember it quite well, really. The kind of, and, and I saw the Queen a few times. She came to Wallasey 
a few times. And, uh, and I, I took, a, I've got a video. In fact, I might put it on YouTube. I took a video of her in Birkenhead. I was just walking past uh, Park Station, which you'll remember. Yeah, I do. Uh, Birkenhead Park Station. I, I'd, I'd got off the train at Birkenhead Park and I had my camera with me. And I, must, I think I was filming in Liverpool. And I said, what's that crowd down there? And this fellow said, it's the Queen. She's coming to that church. So I went across and I videoed the Queen arriving and, and going into this church. You know, like it, was, it couldn't have been at the right place, right time. And I put it on, on, a, on a video um, at the time. So I might, put, I might find that and put it on. YouTube out of respect, but I thought I thought she was a fantastic woman, you know, in every way. I always thought, you know, when you consider the the, the way the some of the family have let her down over the years, you know, and she just fights through. She's never really ever put a foot wrong, you know, and, and she's she just got my absolute respect. And this brings it home to you when you see it on the television. You know, it brings it yeah. home to, and it's 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 fantastic. You know, and as I say, I saw Princess Margaret when I was with Monty Lister. We did a um, we did a thing, uh, a, a program, and I couldn't believe how small Princess Margaret was. She was she's really tiny. You know, when you look at her as she was, you know, she's quite an attractive woman, wasn't she? But she's ab tiny, and uh, Monty Lister. Before, as before, just to change the subject for a while, he interviewed the Duke of Edinburgh. And the Duke of Edinburgh was sitting there to get an interview by Monty, who was told, You can only have 10 minutes. And when the 10 minutes were up, this guy came up to, 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 to them and said, uh, Your Highness, uh, the 10 minutes is up. And the Duke of Edinburgh says, Bugger off, he says. This fellow's interviewing me and I'm enjoying it. And he did another, tra <laughs> he did 20 minutes with Monty Lister. You know, fantastic stuff. But yeah, but when it all comes back to me, but fantastic, you know, and, and it's all been shown all this on, on, the, on the television. But it's a little bit, you know, they need, it depends when you switch on, of course. I switch on and I'm watching the two brothers uh, who have got back together. You know, and and the wives, and then you do it, and it's the same piece of film. You know, they 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 using it all the time. That's the only problem yeah. with it. But fantastic. Mm -hmm. Well, know. I've got to say, um, you know, from Spain here, um, there's a lot of people have actually said to me, you know, condolences because obviously they can see that the country is grieving, and uh, it's quite it's really really weird because. Um, as you know, I've told you about the way that the adverts have suddenly changed colour and everybody in Britain would appear to have um, changed their race. And the pictures we're seeing don't represent that. I mean, we're seeing, I know it's Windsor, so that would be um, an area where you probably wouldn't get uh, very many people from different races. But you get a totally different perspective from seeing the reality of how people um, are, are grieving because they feel very, very sad about the passing of... Um, I mean, the thing is, you, we have to be realistic about it. The Queen was practically 100, so it was pretty obvious that she was nearing the end of her life. Um, but like you have identified, I mean, she's had a wonderful, wonderful impact and positive impact on people. Now... Yeah. I've got to say, you see, I left uh, England in about 2000 uh, and I'd had enough of the nonsense of the royal family. I'd had, had enough of the nonsense of the politicians who were making life unpleasant. I had a, a, a enough of personal disappointments and so we came away to uh, a new life and I've been an observer of England ever since. And you see... Um, I'm afraid I automatically go to what was happening with um, Princess Diana and the nonsense now of King Charles. Because when all's said and done, if you're going to be the, the head of the church, which you are, um, and the next king, uh, then you've got to totally disassociate yourself from lots of nasty things that have spoilt 
um, maybe the reputation of the royal family. And I think uh, you only need to go back a couple of months to see um, Prince Charles cozying up to some Arabs who basically um, uh, were covering up money that had come from Arabia to the Prince's Trust, you know, it's okay uh, that, the, that the country's forgotten it. They've also forgotten the fact that um, if um, he was married to Diana, then he shouldn't have had a bit on the side. I'm sorry. Um, it's bad enough for any bloke, any normal bloke. I mean, you know, um, no, none of us are saints. We've all had our moments. But at the same time, um, you know, this is a royal personage who's now adopted the role of king. And he's going to be telling everybody else via the uh, church that, um, you know, uh, you've got to behave yourself. Well, I mean, you can't have your cake and eat it. That's the new king. What's he replacing? He's replacing, as you've rightly identified, a lady who has been impeccable. I mean, you really couldn't find anything that the queen um, hasn't, hasn't done correctly. I mean... The only disappointment I can even get near to her thought on is probably when she didn't come and uh, visit um, the palace and the flowers for Diana straight away. But she put that she was right. She looking after the kids, wasn't she? That yeah. was the point. You see, you see, people are quick to judge. And Diana was no angel, you know, at the end of the day. You know, and, and, but it's gone. And, and Charles, I've not, I'm not a fan of Charles. I can take him or leave him. But, like... You know, he's human, isn't he? He's human. And I can't see, I couldn't think of anything worse than living in the palace, being in the royal family. Well, Harry's had enough, hasn't he? He's out. And I couldn't think of anything worse because your life, your life isn't your own. You know, you're you're just a subject for people to follow, film, you can't go anywhere. Oh, they, they live in the lap of luxury, but that's it. That's like a jail, isn't it? A jail sentence. And I think, uh, well, William was suffering, wasn't he? Originally, he couldn't handle it. He was fed up. You know, you go in the Air Force, have a good laugh with the lads, and then you, oh, you've got to do this, you've got to do that. But, y- y- you know, you've got to move on. And Charles, we've got to have a king. He's, he's next in line. And that's it. So, you know, I think the past should be swept under the carpet, really, out of the way. We've had enough. I've had enough of Diana and and uh, everything. And uh, as for um, uh, uh, Camilla, you know, I, I don't really know, know her. You know, she's just there. Um, well, she didn't she, didn't she have a husband? We we never yes, hear uh, we never hear these things. I mean, you know, whenever yes. there's whenever there's sort of somebody having a bit on the side, there's somebody suffering somewhere. So, uh, look, you, you know, as you say, let let's uh, move away from it. But it, it it's just I'm explaining why I'm not a royalist. You know, yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah. But by all a, by all so means, I'm not a royalist. But I, I think you know when you think the money they have. But they bring money in, don't they? This, when you look now at, at the at the world, the world is 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 grieving for for you know. And they were saying, you know, what what they did with the Commonwealth, and and somebody said, well, the Commonwealth could have left. They had the chance, you know. They didn't have to be, and they they, they wanted to stay. You see, but she, the Queen. It's, it's fantastic. When, when they went back, the things you don't know about her, you know, she used to go up to Balmoral and just jump in her car and drive across the country. No bodyguards or anything, you know. She's a, just a fantastic woman. But all that other stuff, you see, you go on forever, you know, saying about Diana and all this. See, Diana was no no angel, was she? You know, she she was just unfortunate in as much as Charles was what he was like. But, you know, Charles isn't any different to any other bloke. If that's a, if that's the way you are, you know, you're judged by, you know, your, your sexuality, aren't you? Blokes don't, you know, they just, well, I won't say what they judge by. No, but, I, uh, well, I, look, you know. I don't have a problem with things as long as those that make the rules keep the rules. And if you're going to tell everybody now you're the head of the church, you've gone back to where Henry VIII was. You've taken the country all the way back 
And so, you know, okay, uh, I can understand where you're coming from. Uh, new broom sweeps clean, blah de blah. But it's taken uh, centuries for the country to move away from an event which was um, the greed of a king to want to do what the hell he wanted rather than um, take what was given. And that's Henry VIII, of course. And so we've now got Charles III. And, of course, um, anyway, look, uh, did you know that the Queen actually um, made a new... Oh, she's reputedly had a new breed of dogs which were uh, to do with her called Dorgies. Did, did you hear that one? No. Well, no. apparently, you know her corgis. She's had about 18 of them over the years. Um, and apparently one of the corgis had a fling, a bit like Prince Charles, really, had a fling with a dachshund in the palace. And uh, the result was a dorgie. And apparently <laughs> these dorgies are now a breed, you know. So um, I just wondered if you know that. Uh, let me see what else. I've got a few facts that are quite fun. Um, she was the only person in the UK allowed to drive without a licence. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. I knew that, yeah. And she was the only person in the UK who is allowed to travel without a passport. Yeah, yeah. Well, well I had to smile at, at the corgis. Um, Prince Andrew's been put in charge of uh, two of the corgis, <laughs> you know. I mean, how he must feel, Prince Andrew, really. What a fool he's been. You know, a fool. Well, where did where, fool. where did he get it from? I mean, he's he, he's he's done. Uh, he, he's been along the same road as Charles, hasn't he? That that's the road. The yeah, road. Yeah. So I mean, the thing is, okay. Uh, he's probably done a lot worse from what we have been told so far. But then again, you know, uh, the, the Queen paid for it all to be hushed up. So come on. Um, anyway, uh, apparently the Queen she became a homeowner at the age of six. And uh, you should you should know this one. This is a good one for you, this. Uh, when the people of Wales gave her a, a house in the grounds of Windsor's Royal Lodge, it was named E. Bethwin Bach, which means the little cottage, apparently. Yeah. And, and you can trot, trot that out just when, you know, when you're talking to any of, of maybe parts of the Welsh yeah. family. Um, uh, right. Uh, did you know that she was an Arsenal fan? No. I mean, that's bad. They, they, she, it's a pity we didn't know that earlier. Anyway, she's an Arsenal fan. Did you know that she was also, um, she raced pigeons or she she had somebody race pigeons for her? No, I didn't know that. No, I didn't. I mean, you only ever hear that, like North Country. Hey, you come upstairs, see the pigeons in the loft, like, you know. <laughs> you don't really think of the Queen doing that. I don't know an awful lot about her, really. As I say, I'm not a royalist particularly, you know, but, uh, you know, you need somebody up there. I think I think as a head of state, she's highly respected all over the world, isn't she? You know, the Queen, you never heard a bad word about her. No. You know, when they said, oh, they all jump in, oh, she didn't come to Diana's thing, you know. And she's looking after the kids, apparently. And she turns up and everybody likes her again, you know. But the public, you see, they're just like, it's somewhere to go, it's something to do, you know. Don't, don't well, well I, left, I left the shores of Britain feeling very anti-monarchy. Uh, I think the one thing I've learned after being in Spain for quite a long time now is nothing better has replaced monarchy. So for all its faults... Um, I do see the Queen has been an impe impeccable ambassador for that way of ruling a country. Now, what would be interesting is she, as you know, is probably the richest woman in the world. And it would be interesting if at the time that the country really needs a lot of help, if rather than it's just passed on to Prince Charles, who's already got a absolute um, sack full of stuff, it would be rather nice if part of the legacy was that she put a lot of money into the country to help its woes at the moment. I don't think that'll happen, by the way, because I don't know if you know, but apparently they tend to seal the wills 
and um, apparently, for example, Prince Philip's will is sealed and it won't be opened for many years, which um, I don't know about this. Uh, it's not something I had even thought about, but it's something I read yesterday. Did you know about that? No, no, no. As I say, you know, I think, uh, I think they've learned a lot, um, Charles, and, and I think they've learned a lot from, from the things that's happened to them. Like Andrew, I think they've learned a lot from him. What you you know what you don't do, uh, and Harry packing up and you know I think I think they've, they've the I think Charles is now a lot more knowledgeable than he was, and and I think he might be all right. We'll, we'll see how he goes. I'm not. I don't know. See, to me, he's he's just like Charles, isn't he? He's on another planet. I say, you know, the environment, you see, it, it doesn't, it didn't do a lot for me. But like you say, if he's next in line, that's it. You know, there's not much you can do about it, really. But it doesn't make any difference. You know, if he, if they weren't there, we wouldn't get the money, would we? You know, we go to some MP for his moat. You know, so it doesn't really make, it doesn't, doesn't affect me at all. You know, it's it's all fascinating. But I think they, I think they've learnt a lot. The royal family, over the last few years, with the with the the idiot, you know, the, the idiocy that's gone on, you know, Andrew. I mean, what a fool he was! What a fool, you know, and and and, and that's it. And he must be really regretting it now. They're keeping him sort of out the way, aren't they? He keeps appearing now and again. It's not, so, it's not so much what he's done, it's the fact that he got caught. I mean, don't forget, we can only comment on the things that we know. Yeah, yeah well, that's right. Um, that's right. Do you know what the Queen's pet name was from Prince Philip? No. Cabbage. Now, why would, why would he call her Cabbage. It's quite, it's quite so funny actually, you know, because uh, when we all have pet names, but um, cabbage, that one would not be the one that springs to my mind when it comes to the Queen. <laughs> no, cabbage. Oh no. God. Um, <laughs> oh dear. I'm just reading here. Um, While commoners beyond the walls of Buckingham Palace dared not address Elizabeth outside of her royal designations inside her grandiose, uh, grandiose abode. She was reportedly known as Cabbage during her 74-year-old marriage to Prince Philip. Um, British biographer and historical cons consultant on the crown, Robert Lacey, confirmed that the prince often borrowed the name of the green leafy vegetable to affectionately refer to his wife. And while some have speculated the pet, ne the pet name originated from the French phrase mon petit chou now i've heard that in france um you know my little my little cauliflower mon petit chou um uh you know you, you do worry uh my little sweetie it's unclear why prince philip her majesty's third cousin by the way as we probably know anyway um from corfu greece um and they met at a royal wedding in 1934 but um it was a rather strange name for her, you know, cabbage. Well, yeah. I suppose it shows it got a sense of humour, doesn't it? Oh, I, I think suppose. they had a sense of humour. I mean, the one thing Anne and I always talk about is she's always smiling. You know, whenever you saw the Queen, practically yeah. every single time you saw her, she had a smile on her face. And I think that was very ingratiating, wasn't it? Especially towards the end, because you know, with her, she, she only like it was very close to to, to the, the end of her life, and she was still out there smiling, and you wouldn't know she was. She must have been, mustn't have been well, you know, fantastic. Yeah, I, I just think she's a fantastic woman, you know, and I, I can't, like you say, I can't fault her. When you look back, when she was young, she was funny, wasn't she? Someone was saying in the war. She, she she did uh, she she was a mechanic fixing car engines yeah. and she said when the war was over they're all bopping in the street and she was straight out there bopping with them you know it's, it's just a, it's just a great woman you know you, you you forget all that you know when I think back at it all you know she's never put a foot wrong you know <laughs> and considering you know all the way through she's had problems and she the anus horribilis and all that you know the 
it's like burnt down, the Tower of London or whatever. You know, I think, God, blimey. But, uh, yeah, and, and when you think, you know, she, she works all day or apparently works all day, doesn't she, with le- doing letters and signing stuff, you know. Well, Charles will have to do all that now, won't he? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, no, I know she was. She was obviously a, 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 a quite a, a character. I mean, it was, it was lovely. In fact, I mean, I think you can see now. It, it, it's a shame people don't let other people know the feelings about them until it's too late, and yeah. that is so sad because really, you know, we knew she was going to die probably before one hundred. Um, so I think probably for myself, I think I was mentally prepared. I mean, when, when you get into your 90s, you, you are probably near the end of your journey. Um, but I think the one thing I can say, she's been with me all my life. And uh, like you, 1953, the monarchy um, was certainly uh, in a very strong sense uh, in the 50s because um, we needed some stability yeah. didn't we you know and i think the the younger royals have muddied the waters and uh, unfortunately um you know what i feel about um the, this new king business so yeah anyway okay so um, also what they had on was when she did the james bond thing oh, yes. and, and you know and the, the uh the puppet you know and they had a they had a fella on talking to her What's that wagon outside? So I'm just looking out the window. There's a wagon out there. They had, they had um, a chap said, I was talking to the Queen and saying, the president of such and such a country actually thought you jumped out of that plane. Yes. And the, the Queen just burst out laughing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to do that, you know, you see, that, that, that's what, to me, that's what makes it. I think she, I just think she's great. You know, a sad loss. Well, I think we, I think we are never, both. Ever, yeah, she'll never be forgotten. She'll never ever be forgotten. Now, nah, listen, I I agree totally with everything you've said. Any criticisms are around uh, the other members of the family, and uh, it's a shame because I, I liked her as a lady. Uh, when I came away with um, a little bit of a chip on my shoulder about the royal family, she she got rid of it because basically. Um, you, you know, the more they misbehaved, the more she seemed to just seem to grow in stature. Anyway, um, now, as we've lost one a great lady, we've also had a gender switch because we've gone from uh, a lady queen to obviously um, Charles. And then the prime minister uh, was a rather strange man. We're talking about Boris Johnson. And um, what do you make of... Liz Truss, then, what what do you think of this lady, this new Prime Minister? Well, I was sort of getting into it, and then she's vanished into the into the mire of this. So she sort of she's sunk into the mire. We don't hear anything about her really on the news. You get a little bit here and there, but like it, it, that was that was. Total news, Liz Truss is on all the time. Now you don't see her because it's all all this. So I don't know much, what's happening. I don't know much about it, really. You know, it's um, it's all, she's totally overshadowed and vanished, sunk into the mire of news. So, uh, you know, I watch the news and all I ever see is the royal thing. I don't, I don't. Well, so she, I she was, really um, she was a liberal a, when she was, when she was at uh, university, she went to Oxford and um, she is a member of parliament for South West Norfolk. And that is uh, like a farming area, isn't it? I think um, Norfolk, in a general sense, is, is probably served by the farming community because, obviously, um, from what geography I remember from school, I think we've got lots of flat land. So, um, Apparently, she was the president of the Oxford University Liberal Democrats, and then she joined the Conservative Party. So you do wonder why she changed, um, you know, because obviously uh, I just remember Boris Johnson, um, he, he made her the foreign secretary, and then she went off and she did say a number of things to leaders of other countries, which made me think, hang on, you know, she's... Um, Ooh, she's saying a few things that maybe wouldn't be 
best advised. I mean, th- I think she criticised Putin and she criticised Macron. Um, so, yeah, um, could be quite an interesting thing. lady. The thing is, she goes on and on, we're going to do this, we're going to do, we're going to, we're going to make sure that, uh, see, they've been in for 12 years, you know, why haven't they done it? You know, it, 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 but having said that, you see, Boris was a, a bit of a clown. But again, did you hear the speech he made about the Queen? It was classic. It, 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 it was a classic speech, which I think it will go down in history. It was wonderful, his speech. You know, he's very good, very eloquent, you know, at, at the end of the day. So you, you've got Liz Truss and... The trouble with, with Boris, he, he was he was a bit of he was an idiot, wasn't he? But you know he got things done. But did he? You know that that's the thing. They're going on. We're going to do this now. We're not going to. Uh, prices aren't going to go up. I'm going to sort all this out. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. I don't know. I don't I'd say. But she's you know she's not really news at the moment. It's all the royal thing. You know. Well, I saw a picture of her uh, when she was um, visiting the Queen at the very, very start of all this, and she looked gigantic. It was probably the camera shot, Um, but, you know, the Queen looked diminutive in the background. But uh, I see that she was pro-Europe, and then when, obviously, Brexit happened, she's now obviously supported the decision that, you know, Brexit is a breakaway. Um, but then uh, in 2022, obviously uh, now as the leader, uh, she had been the um, president of the, the International Board of Trade and she had been um, the United Kingdom's person that was like in charge of the relationship between the EU and the UK. So that could be a good thing, actually. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how much uh, weight it would carry, but I mean, at least if you've met the the people who you've got to do business with if you're going to survive, then I think she's been in the right area for that, hasn't she? Yeah, as I say, you know, you you can't say until she gets going, see what she's done, you know. Um, It's just she sort of came out of the blue, really, you know, didn't she? It was a, I don't know. See, the, all we get, all we were getting was the the price rises. We're all going to freeze because you won't be able to eat and and, and you know the the BBC, the scaremongering all the time. But that's at the moment. This has taken the weight off everything. So when you watch the news, you're not depressed like you were, you know. So yeah. that that's one good thing about the the the, the, the royal. The, reporting yeah but well, i don't really well, know about this trust i don't know much about it to be honest well i'm i'm reading it now by the way so let don't let me try and kid you that i know everything i, I i'm just basically reading uh, when she was up against uh, rishi sunak uh, and he had been the treasurer um i, I thought oh she was obviously out of her depth but then looking at the professional career that's written up on the websites, uh, she has qualified as a chartered management accountant. So she should know about how to balance books, if nothing else. And then she'd worked for people like uh, Shell um, and Cable and Wireless. So, um, you know, you, you, you want, I want her to do well, because obviously... Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah I do. You know, because, you know, yeah, see, it's, women have a different outlook. See, see, blokes tend to sort of are selfish, if you like, aren't they? They seem to be, you know, out for themselves as well. They like to sort of, you know, look after them. See, women like Margaret Thatcher. She, she was another one. She, she. I, I thought Margaret Thatcher was great, you know. But we'll see. We'll see. As I say, there's not much you can do at the moment because we're not hearing much about her or what she's doing. Yeah, you know, she's out, out of the news. Well, I would imagine know. that she, she's doing things because you know you can't take on a top job. She's probably, probably will be quite welcoming to a break so that she can actually get on with planning what she's got to do now because you know it must have been uh, i mean it's a long drawn out process so the tories get their leader who becomes the prime minister and uh, i suppose the very least she should be doing now is consulting those people that she trusts 
rather than trusses. Um, yeah. You know, I think I think that would be what I'd be doing. I'd be getting on board all the people that I thought you know would be um, basically the right people to talk to. I mean, I'm just reading that she's campaigned for the improved teaching of the more rigorous school subjects, and especially mathematics. And um, I think she's right there because I think the more that you look at the curriculum, it's strayed off into social things whereby people can have opinions. And it's all very well having an opinion, but you do need to have the facts to back up your opinion. So, you know, I, I, I wish her well. I, I do hope she does well. And um, much as it was never popular for me to say this, I do always think that at the right time when margaret thatcher came in had we not had margaret thatcher would be even in a bigger mess than we are today yeah yeah because you got reese margaret and she you got you still got blokes like him the arrogant pelic reese margaret but you see we'll see how it goes you know as a, you know you can't really say but what's the alternative the labor government for goodness sake you know so there you go <laughs> anyway we'll see how we'll see how it goes i wish her luck Okay. Now, you were telling me that um, you were were not very enamoured with the Lionesses beating Luxembourg. So, um, t tell me all about that. The trouble is, you see, women's football, as I said, when, when we had that, um, the, the Euro, Euros, whatever it was, when they won in the final, uh, they had, that was a must win, as I said at the time, because that, that, stepped it forward women's foot they put it on the map but what things like playing Luxembourg and winning 10-0 you know it needs thinking out these teams you know play teams who are good you know the 10-0 it, it, it takes a backward step in my opinion you know they play this is it a World Cup wasn't it a World Cup round or something yeah, yeah. you know against Luxembourg the, the, the stadium's empty and they win 10 nil. You know, get a play teams who can play, which they will, I'm sure, as they go along. But things like that, you think, oh, you know, because it, 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 was, it was bad. You know, and that needs sorting. They need to play teams who are qualified. I know Luxembourg is a small country. You know, but, you know, should they be in the World Cup or whatever? Well, I, you know. I, I, I made this same point, by the way, with the men. And, uh, you know, it, I think the criticism is justified because when the men then play the Italys and the Germanys, uh, they don't produce the same 10 goals that they do against the Luxembourgs. Um, I, the counter argument that was always put to me was really it's more for the underdog. It's more for the Luxembourg uh, because if they don't get the chance to play the bigger teams, they'll never progress. So I, I would accept that. Um, but I totally agree with the um, comment that you made, and I think it was justified. Now, I've got to move to a, uh, a an Alfred Hitchcock film, which I hadn't heard about. I looked it up this morning and started reading, and it looks fascinating. So tell us about Rope. I watched this. It was on, and it was, an, it was announced this is Alfred, an Alfred Hitchcock film called Rope, and it had James Stewart in it and a... But the whole film was filmed with one shot. There was no editing. The camera was one shot following them around, the actors. And I thought, surely it's got to be a time where they're going to have a close-up of somebody. You know, and I watched, I watched half of it. It was pretty boring, the film. But when you think to make a film... With one shot. Imagine somebody fluffing their lines at the end. They'd have to start again to go right through, wouldn't they? When you think about it. It was, I mean, amazing. I'd never heard of it before. It's called Rope. And, I mean, it, it's like, it was like a theatre play, I suppose. But it was filmed properly. And you don't really notice. It's just one continual shot. And, like, they walk out the room and the camera follows them. And then it comes back, and someone comes in from the kitchen, and you know, and but but the, the pressure to remember the lines, you know, right the way through for the whole film, one shot. I mean, that's fantastic, really, isn't it? I mean, it, it, fantastic, actually. And what what was the film about then, Rob? Don, what what was the what was the um, the gist of the film? 
I, I, I think someone had killed somebody or something. Um, you know, like a murder. I'm not sure. I, I, I was just fascinated. I was trying to. I was waiting. I said, surely they're gonna. Have a, have a close up of somebody or a cross cross. It wasn't it? Was just one continuous shot, and I, I thought that was that, that was how it was advertised as well. I'm not sure what the story was. I, I switched. I, I turned off halfway through. But James, James Stewart came into it, and you know, and, and everything. But it was it, it was going back a while, but I'd never heard of it before. But nope. fantastic, fantastic that you know. Yeah. Um, I'd never heard of it, and uh, when I read it, um, yes, I could see why you would think it was so interesting, you know, because uh, I, I know if, for example, when I've been out with my uh, video camera, um, obviously I uh, just take a shot, and I'm trying to make it look interesting, and, and I'm trying to look for angles, but uh, by the time you've done about 30 seconds, you, you know that uh, that's enough, and you've got to sort of stop and then wait for the next bit of stuff that you want to film so uh, the trouble is I think with everybody with their phones these days uh, it's quite embarrassing when you actually go out and about and you just see people everybody either looking at a phone or using a phone or taking a selfie or giggling at something stupid on TikTok or something um, you know you forget there are people who have actually got qualifications and a pedigree for using the uh, the, 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 the visual side of life um, and to actually read all about that film um, it must have been it must have been a terrific mindset to, oh, to start it, like that. The pressure. I mean, obviously, you could do an act. It was like acting on a stage, I suppose, because you know when they have a play, it, it's it's one shot, isn't it, on a, on a theatre? But it was so. It was like you didn't really notice it at first, and then you think like this is just one shot. It's amazing, you know. And the close-ups, they, they go close-up. But they go with the camera and then move away and go to someone else. You know, it, it was fantastic. You know, Alfred Hitchcock. And, and I, I don't know if he got any awards, but I thought, my God, that was fantastic. The pressure, you know, imagine at the very end, like you say, somebody fluffing their lines. <laughs> okay, back to the beginning. Well, <laughs> you again, uh, you see, you, you will look through the eyes of the camera in a totally different way to the people who are looking at their video or looking at their um, telephone and, and using it in a very sort of... Um, well, some people do use it in a creative way because they have to make these uh, little reels and films now over 20 seconds and, you know, 30 seconds so that uh, you've got to try and be creative and yet contain it to within a minute, maybe. Um, so I suppose there's an element going on, even with the amateurs who are using it now. But I think in a professional context, when you have a lot of technology that you could use and you restrict your use, um, yeah, that must be quite a challenge. And I think Hitchcock, obviously, must be pretty proud of that. Oh, not half. And, and it would be cheap on... Cheap on film as well, wasn't it? It was it was fantastic. I couldn't believe it when it when it said that this is the film. This is film with one take. I thought, nah, you can't. That can't happen. That can't. That can't happen. And it did. It was all the way through. Well, as much I saw about three quarters of it. I got a bit bored actually. It was a bit boring the film. But uh, yeah, fantastic stuff. Yeah. Okay, so, um, well, let's go through the lens then, and uh, we're going to look at TV programming next. What have you got for me? Well, it's, it's gone worse. It's, the TV has gone worse. It's not just me. It's gone awful. Maybe it is me. I don't know. It, th there's nothing now, virtually nothing to watch. You've got, I know your favourite programme, EastEnders, is on most of the Never time. watch it. Never watch it. Never seen it. Uh, yes, you do. No, I don't. Anyway. I don't. I don't watch EastEnders. Oh, it's just, I mean, you've got that, but there's nothing on. When you look, it, you've got to try and find stuff. Fortunately, we've got the the the, the thing the, the the technology to record stuff on the television and and, and store it so you know, thank goodness 
for programs like Would I Lie to You, which is funny, which is classic, and, and Room 101 with Frank Skinner, which is funny. So I, I store these up and things like um, uh, w when uh, stars fall out, you know, when, when big stars fall out, things like that. It's quite interesting and documentaries are quite interesting. But generally, the television, Saturday night, you know, it, you've got the, the, uh, the voice and it doesn't get any worse than that. You know, judges judging the, these, and you never heard of them again when they win. And then you've got you've got that other thing, the, which I watched the other week, just out of interest, which is the the, the uh, what's it called, the, the, the dancing masked singer. Oh. Now, the thing is, the point is, these programs are very very popular, so it must be me. Maybe it's me. I don't know, but to me. The masked singer is, is just so bad, and, and the voice is so bad, and and because it, it's all about the judges, it's not about the acts. It's all about the judges, and and they had the Tom Jones was on singing some songs he dedicated, and the and the girl next to him gets her handkerchief out and she's making a big issue of drying her eyes. <laughs> you know, you think for goodness sake. But uh, anyway, that that's that's the problem. And I don't know what the answer is. And I don't know why. There must be some reason why the programmes are rubbish. And it's costing me uh, out of my fee, out of my... Um, see, ITV, I'm not that bothered about ITV because I don't pay for that. But, you know, the BBC, it needs sorting. There's no quality and, and no no uh, entertainment value in a lot of the programmes now. It's all fallen to bits. There's too many channels as well, I suppose. Well, that was always on the cards, you see. I always remember when they were telling everybody this new technology means that we're now going to have many more channels. And so it just very, very easily, by definition of uh, ordinary economics, the more that you have, the more rubbish... And the small number of good programmes could get bigger, but it'll still be a small number compared with the dross that appears. I mean, for example, um, uh, well, what can I tell you? Um, I was watching something yesterday, uh, or was I reading it? We had somebody, it was uh, Jedwood. You remember oh. how wonderful they were? Oh. They were criticising, they put a tweet out that criticised the Queen. And so, I mean, you know, obviously some people were trying to put the balance correctly in the right way. Because obviously, you know, the trouble is at the moment anybody can criticise. And, you know, that's part of something that we do. I mean, we criticise and and. I do try and find the right reasons for criticising rather than just criticise. The trouble is, if we look at something like The Masked Singer, we're at a disadvantage because both of us sing, both of us play our guitars, and both of us are quite happy to stand in front of an audience and talk and then do a song. Now, I'm lucky because I've never wanted to be anything other than what I am. Uh, but there are people everywhere... And what they want to be is somebody they are not. And that's the difference. And sadly, you've got to come to terms with that in your life. You know, um, I'm pretty sure that uh, you're feeling like me. I know what I can do. I mean, you know, if I'm looking at uh, being a better guitar player, I would say, yes, I'd like to play my guitar as well as Don does. But... Ah. I wouldn't. F no, 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 no. But I wouldn't feel. I wouldn't feel uh, a, an intense envy. I would feel Don's put a lot of work in, and therefore Don can play the thing better than I can. Now, you know, my, my guitar playing's not bad. I know that. Um, in fact, I was doing a gig the other night, and this guy comes in, and he was explaining to his missus what I was doing because I play an acoustic, and I can get some quite 
unusual sounds out of it, you know, and I don't play the normal sort of um, yonking leads that um, go up and down the board and everybody's gasping with amazement over the fact that uh, it it doesn't sound like the song it's supposed to be. Um, You know, I mean, the thing is, you've got to be happy with what you do. And if you can't really sing without um, maybe a costume on, uh, then you've got to ask yourself one of two reasons. Why is that? Okay, so they want a programme um, with people who basically are trying to disguise who they are. Fair enough. Um, so it's a guessing game, isn't it? It just so happens that it's about singing. Um, but... Um, yeah, yeah. It's control. You see, you need control of what you're doing. That, that's the secret with it all. It's not about how good you are because you're not playing to musicians, are you? You know, you could, you could, I mean, if I played all day, I'd be like Clapton. You know, they play all day, practice all day. You know, but you don't, I don't need to be. You know, what I, what I do or what I did, I don't do it now. But, you know, you've got to have control of what you're doing. You know, to, if you want to be known and, 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 and feed your ego, then, you know, you're not going to make any money, really, because, you know, people will take advantage of that. You know, I, as, as I've always said, I was only in it for the money, but I, I had it sorted, I had other things. I, I was into sports as well, you see. Yeah. It wasn't my, wasn't my uh, you know, my, my passion uh, playing in the band. It's what I did to make money well, and, and, and make records and stuff. You know, I could do it. And, uh, and you know, I've got, I've got a, a, a musical brain, which I've always had. And, um, you know, just lucky. But to, 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 to be f- fame is, is just, I couldn't think of it, like, like the Royals, I couldn't think of anything worse than going in a pub and everyone, oh, pointing, you know. Uh, I couldn't think of anything worse than that. I was looking at a video this morning, and you will have seen it probably, and it was when Meghan Markle met this girl when they were doing the walkabout, and they, yeah. and they hugged. And yeah. I, I'm, I'm saying to Anne, well, that's pretty obvious that that girl, that's her moment, isn't it? She's on TV. Yeah, she yeah. wants to be talked about. I mean, quite honestly, uh, Meghan Markle just doesn't even interest me. And so it's, it's, you've got to feel happy with who you are and where you are in your life. And a lot of people, you can see, they're struggling because they, they either are afforded a place by their status or they haven't got any idea of who they are and where they want to be. So, yes, I can understand all that. I think it's a, it's a very hard part of life trying to come to terms with who you are. Uh, I mean, you know, it's a bit frustrating at times that um, uh, you haven't got enough time to do everything because we just haven't. So you have to make your priorities right and settle for what you have and be satisfied. That's the big thing. If people can't be satisfied, it's like... You know, I haven't bought a new phone for a couple of years. That doesn't worry me. Um, you know, I see a, a TV advert for this phone now that you fold up the Samsung, this, that or the other. And I'm thinking, well, you know, that, that doesn't interest me. I just want to make a phone call, really. I don't want my phone to be making me a cup of tea or something like some phones can do. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. I, you, you, the thing with playing, you've got to be able to... And entertain all sorts. Everyone's different, you know. If you go to playing a, to a lot of old old folks, you know, um, at one of the you've got to be able to do that. It's no good going and playing to a lot of old folks and giving them heavy metal, you know, and vice versa. If you, you see, if you got if you can do all that, you'll do you'll do which is what we did. My my band could we could even play old time, and we sixties rock and roll. We did the lot strict tempo. And that's why we were successful, you know. But you gotta, you got to put the time in for that. But if you want to do that, you see, blokes won't play a waltz. You know, well, we're in a rock band. You know, if they want a waltz, give them a waltz. You know, and, and that, unless, that, unless you come we to... successful. And, and we had the Masonics. We, did, we, 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 we specialised in Masonics. And we knew the score. We knew the, the actual drill, which is a, there's a special way to do the night. You know, we yeah. did all that, you know. Well, um, as I say, Don, the, the thing is, once you once you define and know who you are and what you can do and what you can't do and you're comfortable with yourself, then you enjoy your life. I think while you're still envious of other people, you're never going to be happy. Now, I know for a fact that you would have liked to have been a singer like Johnny Ray. 
Um, ah, right. I've got a classic song, which I forget who actually put me onto it. Uh, and the guy was so envious of a song called Cry. He wished he'd made it himself. Can't remember who told me this. Can't, you can't remember what? Who told me it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was, this goes back to the coronation. Round of, hang on, I'll just check my phone. Hang on a sec. Oh, it's all right. The, um, yeah, uh, it goes back to the coronation because um, Johnny Ray was out round about then and that's when I, I, I latched onto him because I was a big fan and I've sung this song many times, Cry. But Johnny Ray uh, inspired me when I was about eight or nine when he did Look Homeward Angel and the orchestration uh, at the end with the French horns. I couldn't play then. I couldn't, I couldn't play. I've always been musical. I could, I could work out harmonies. And that, that, that Look Homeward Angel, that inspired me for, for, to do orchestration, orchestrated background because I, I listened to that the orchestration. Look home with a classic song. But Johnny Ray was a strange guy. He was deaf and he used to come on with a hearing aid hanging down, you know, and all the girls would scream. But it, it was great. But this cry, I thought, because of the coronation, that this was in the charts around about that time. And, uh, and I, I remember it well, you know. Yeah. So, uh, okay. So that's the song we're going to hear this week. Uh, on balance, would you say that he was a good performer, great performer, or just another performer? Yeah, well, he, he, he was an, one of the first uh, icons, wasn't he? The first swooner crooners, if you like. Yeah. All the girls used to scream and thought he was wonderful. But. Um, I said, I'm not. I, I'm not a, a fan of his voice. I just like this stuff. I thought uh, that "Look Homeward Angel" is one of my still one of my favourite records. It's a fantastic song, and the end da, 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 with the orchestra. You know that that inspired me at the time. I thought, oh, that's great. You know, and which is you know, okay. It, well, you've inspired me, Don, because I think what I'm going to be doing over the next couple of days is I'll get myself a hearing aid. And uh, next time I do a, a gig, I'll probably try and do a Johnny Ray number. So, well, in our well if, you do that, if you do that, I'll get a hearing aid to listen to you and I can take it out of my ears. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Don, do us the time honoured bit then and, and uh, introduce our record of the week. Ladies and gentlemen, the record of the week this week is goes way back to the coronation of the Queen because it was out round about then. And it's called Cry by Johnny Ray. If your sweetheart sends a letter of goodbye, it's no secret.
is brought to you via my favourite platform, Skype. <laughs>